The Graphic Histories Podcast. Happy Holidays from the Graphic Histories Podcast. My name is Andre Mayette. I'll be your host, and big thanks to Ookla the Mock for our theme song, Superpowers. Thank you for tuning in. I know I've got a few new listeners over the past few weeks. I've seen some people on uh, social media reach out, said they've uh, subscribed. So welcome to the show. If this is your first one, I hope you enjoy it. And if it's not, uh, well, welcome back. But if it is your first one, you know, there's a big catalog. This is episode number 34, so there are 33 episodes part of this one, delving into the graphic histories of many, many characters in the graphic novel world, predominantly between Marvel and DC. Today's episode, we are focusing on a very special figure, one that has captured the hearts and minds of children all over the world, the one, the only, Santa Claus. And because, you know, with the histories of Santa Claus in comics and being sort of a public domain figure, he has popped up in in many different types of comics, different comic companies. So we are focusing on the Marvel Comics version of Santa Claus for this particular episode. Maybe down the line, maybe next year at Christmas, uh, we'll do the DC Universe version of Santa Claus, which I'm sure is very much as interesting and storied as this one. But uh, it is a very interesting... I learned a lot. I learned quite a bit about Santa Claus while, while researching this episode. The Marvel Universe version of him anyhow. And I think you will too. Um... Yes, but how are you? How are things? Are you ready for the holiday season? It's only less than a week away now. When this episode airs, it will be Saturday, uh, December the... got to quickly check my calendar. The 19th, meaning that uh, you know Christmas is, is six days away. Christmas Day is only six days away, and I hope you're prepared and ready. I love the holiday season. I'm a very big fan, so I usually get a lot of the, the wrapping and all that sort of stuff done early which i managed to do late november this year get it all out under the tree and done that way i don't have to you know deal with it anymore i can kind of focus on the fun parts of christmas which is the drinking and the eating and the uh you know the watching of the merriment and hanging with friends i know with the current covid situation we're in the hanging may be a little less a little smaller than it usually is that's okay because uh you know there are a lot of methods to connect with your friends and family and we will be seeing my parents and uh, my wife's parents over the holidays. So, yeah, it should be a good time. But, uh, yeah, in the, the comics world, uh, they just DC just announced that the Crime Syndicate of America will be getting their own series coming out in the new year, which is interesting. Uh, the Crime Syndicate of America is the evil version of the Justice League. Uh, they're from Earth-3, uh, a world in which... Uh, evil predominantly wins out over good instead of the other way around. Uh, to do a little research on the characters, I would highly suggest reading Grant Morrison's Earth 2. I'm a massive Grant Morrison fan. And if anybody out there that's a fan uh, knows Mr. Morrison, I would love to have him on the show. It would be an absolute dream come true. I love his writing. love everything he's done. 
am eagerly reading through his Green Lantern comic right now, and I'm really enjoying it. So hopefully uh, someday down the line I can reach the esteem that will let me get uh, uh, authors such as he on the, on the program. Uh, but in the meantime, we have uh, some wonderful people locally, and next next week will be one of our featured interview episodes. However, I'm just uh, trying to nail down who our guest would be, so unfortunately I don't have that for you right now, but I will be revealing that a little later. Uh, another big announcement was HBO Max has announced that uh, they are going to be, well, Warner Brothers, rather, has announced that they're going to be releasing all of their big movies from the the next year out through HBO Max. Um, so when they hit the theaters in the States, they will also be hitting the streaming platform the same day, which has kind of thrown the industry into a bit of an uproar. I know Wonder Woman will be launched on Christmas Day on, on the HBO Max service and also in theaters. And uh, I believe quite a few of their big movies are going to be hitting that as well. Um, you know, Matrix 4, uh, too many to name. But anyway, look up the story if you're interested. Uh, it's... A lot of uh, one of the movie I really wanted to see and I'm very excited for is Dune, the new Dune movie. Um, Denis Villeneuve, uh, Canadian director, I'm a big fan of his work, and I'm super, super pumped to see his version of Dune, which I guess will be going straight to the streaming service. And I don't think he's super happy about it, as well as a lot of other directors who you know have a lot of skin in the game and probably can lose franchises and and not as much money as they would have made if it was a normal theater release. So I think they are unhappy that Warner is being impatient. And running all the streaming service to get eyes on their service and, and sacrificing some of the box office that I guess some of these directors and the production teams are probably relying on. So uh, it should be interesting, to say the least, to see what's going on in the new world. Uh, people always say, is this the end of movie theaters? I I, I really hope not. I, I really doubt it. Theater's been around for so long and it's such a fun experience that I wouldn't want to see them go away. But I really don't think they're going to be going away. And... Uh, I, I, I think they'll be going. They'll be staying strong once the vaccines get out. I certainly will be back. And, you know, in my area, restrictions are pretty loose because there are not a lot of cases, so we can't attend the theaters. There's not much to see. Uh, they have been re-releasing some classic movies, which is really cool. They do avoid Christmas right now. I thought that might be kind of fun to go watch. I've never seen it. However, I did watch its predecessor, uh, Holiday Inn, which is a really fun movie with one super problematic scene, which I can discuss at a later date. Uh, anyway, so... Thank you for joining me, and happy holidays. Uh, I will have a an episode right after Christmas, airing with a featured interview, hopefully. And that should be coming soon. But in the meantime, this will be the last episode before the actual Christmas. So if you celebrate Christmas, if you're a Christmas person like I am, uh, Merry Christmas. I hope you have a great day. hope you get all the lovely presents you want, and I'll get, get to spend all the time with the family and friends that you, you want as well. And I hope it's a joyous season, and I hope you have a happy new year. So... Before we go any longer into the sentimentality, let's jump into today's episode, episode number 34, Santa Claus. Santa Claus was a legendary figure who was said to bring gifts to the homes of well-behaved children on Christmas. Unknown to the people of Earth, Santa Claus was given being because of humanity's belief in the deeds of three different characters throughout their history. One theory of Earthlings is that Santa Claus's origin came from a 4th century man named St. Nicholas. 
St. Nicholas was born near the coast of what is now modern-day Turkey and became the Bishop of Myra. Many miracles were attributed to him, and he was known to be very kind and generous with a great love of children. Some of his miracles include appearing to Emperor Constantine in a dream once to save three wrongly accused soldiers from execution, and restoring three beheaded children of sailors back to life. The most famous story told of the Bishop Nicholas is how he attempted to give money anonymously to a family of daughters whose father could not pay their dowries for them to get married. He tried tossing bags of gold into their homes on the nights the girls were to be wed, and it is said that on the third night he dropped the bag through the chimney, where it landed in a stocking hanging out to dry. Despite Nicholas's wishes, word of his good deeds spread, and eventually, whenever anyone received an unexpected gift, they began thanking Nicholas as a custom. After Nicholas's death, a church was built in dedication of him. Hundreds of years later, after Myra's end, the Russian Emperor Vladimir decided to make Bishop Nicholas the patron saint of Russia, after visiting Constantinople and hearing all the wonderful stories of him. These stories eventually spread to the Laplands and the people of the reindeer sleds. In the Netherlands, the name Saint Nicholas was contracted into Sinterklaas, which inspired the name Santa Claus. The day before the anniversary of Nicholas's death, December 5th, became a time of giving, which eventually became linked to Christmas, the December 25th Christian celebration of the birth of Jesus Christ. Other sources believe the origin of Santa Claus was simply inspired by the All-Father of the Norse gods of Asgard, the realm of the gods. Odin, after a special night where he saved a village's midwinter's feast. As it is told hundreds of years ago, an Asgardian troll named Grylak the Greater was attempting to blackmail Odin into giving him control of Asgard, threatening to destroy it with a giant asteroid otherwise. At the same time on Earth, a fisherman named Sigurd was sailing home to his village's midwinter's feast, but was caught in a storm that blotted out the stars and stopped the sailor's ability to navigate home. Sigurd's wife, Sia, prayed to Odin to help her husband. In answer, Odin commanded his son Thor to not attack Grylak, but to first gather some of Asgard's finest wines, linens, and foods. Afterward, killing two birds with one stone, Odin ordered Thor to hurl his magic hammer, Mjolnir, at the troll's asteroid, destroying it in a blinding flash of light that appeared as a bright star in the sky to Sigurd and his crew on Earth, allowing them to navigate home. Later that night, at Sigurd's village, his wife Sia heard a strange sound that caused her to rush to the hearth and find an unknown man, Odin, wearing furs and holding a huge bundle. The man vanished in a flash of light, leaving behind the goods collected by Thor. And at that same moment, Sigurd returned home. Sigurd and Sia looked outside to see Odin in furs, riding a sleigh driven by two flying rams, and crying, A good midwinter to all, and to all a good life. Another theory is that the origin of Santa Claus came from pre-medieval Britain. It is said that there was a custom among tribes for the community elder to dress up in furs as a character called Old Winter, and go from dwelling to dwelling delivering food and drink. It was thought that if someone was hospitable to Old Winter, the winter season would be kind to them. This tradition survived for many, many years, and after the introduction of Christianity, Old Winter began to be known as Old Christmas, Old Father Christmas, and eventually just Father Christmas. When humanity's belief in the three listed legends mixed together with spiritual energy, the true magical being known as Santa Claus was created. This being was the physical manifestation of giving, as that was the common aspect among all of the fables. After being generated into existence, Santa initially set up his base of operations in Finland's eastern frontier, at a city called Korvatunaturo. He rode a horse around and began delivering gifts to people on Christmas morning. Later, he took a wife and they moved to the North Pole, where they established a workshop. Santa then brought together a workforce of elves to create toys throughout the year in preparation for each Christmas. The majority of these elves were descended from the light elves of Elfheim, one of the ten realms of Asgard. 
On Christmas Eve, Santa Claus magically fills a dimensionally limitless sack with toys and travels the planet via his sleigh, driven by eight flying reindeer, delivering toys to good boys and girls, bending the laws of space and time to accomplish the feat over the course of one night. Santa Claus magically slips down the chimneys or uses magic passkeys to enter apartments and delivers the toys around a tree or in stockings put out by the fireplace, often taking the time to enjoy cookies and milk left for him by the children and or their parents. In a variety of different forms, and known by numerous names, Santa Claus performs similar deeds across Earth. In some cultures, he is sometimes accompanied by Knecht Ruprecht, or Black Peter, who punishes bad children. French women sometimes prayed to him for husbands. He supposedly inherited some of his magic from Melchior, one of the three kings of Bethlehem. His horse, reindeer, and elves are all allegedly gifts from Odin. Odin's goats, Tooth Nasher and Tooth Grinder, later gifted to Thor, and his eight-legged horse, Slepner, are the likely inspiration for these. By some accounts, Santa Claus and Father Christmas are separate beings, though they may share similar magical origins. Santa also has an evil counterpart, the wicked demon known as Krampus, who once a year he went to the earthly realm to punish the bad children by feeding on their souls, in opposite of St. Nick. Santa eventually fought the demon and banished him, causing the knowledge of Krampus to become nothing more than a myth. In December 1943, Nazi dictator Adolf Hitler had Santa Claus captured to destroy the USA's morale, but U.S. President Franklin Roosevelt sent Sergeant Nick Fury, Captain America, and Bucky, James Barnes, to rescue him. On Christmas Day 1954, Santa Claus, posing as a wealthy man, instructed Smith City garage attendant Sammy Glenn, an intelligent man who had never made good on his abilities to watch his car and luggage for six hours. On impulse, Glenn borrowed the car and a suit and entered an executive club, where he met an attractive woman and received a job offer. Stunned by his good fortune, Glenn returned the car to its owner, not realizing that the man was Santa Claus. The following Christmas, Santa, keeping his identity anonymous, chastised wealthy miser Oliver Gomble for his selfish ways, but was pleased when Gomble vowed to become a better man after the young Ned Evans, son of one of Gomble's employees, gave him a present, the first Gomble had ever received. In more recent years, on Christmas Eve, Santa saved New York City from the hate monger, a clone of Adolf Hitler, when his sleigh, seen only as an unidentified flying object, soared through the air at unprecedented speed, distracting one of the hate monger's pilots, who crashed into the hate monger's nuclear bomb. Years later, on another December 24th, Cerebro, the mutant-detecting computer of the X-Men, detected what it called the most powerful mutant ever registered, in New York's Rockefeller Center. This being was also detected by the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants, Eunice the Untouchable, the Blob, the Toad, and Mastermind, who sought it out, resulting in a skirmish with the X-Men. This ended when Santa briefly transformed the Brotherhood into inanimate toys and teleported the X-Men away, erasing both groups' memories of his involvement, and then gifted the city with snowfall, the first white Christmas in years. Affected by the new reality of the ever-changing world, Santa at least once attempted to modernize. He took to wearing a smaller beard, using a more lavish fake beard on Christmas. The American Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals then forced Santa to rebuild the sleigh so that it ran on its own power, not from indentured reindeer. Claus initially used steam until an oil company representative, possibly from the Roxxon Oil Company, convinced him to switch over to high-octane fuel. Caught up in this trend, Santa opened up a nuclear power plant and gas station at the North Pole. The plant was actually controlled, however, by greedy Killerwatt, who had been a jumper, worker hired to enter hot areas of nuclear plants to do various tasks, who mutated into a form resembling a light bulb. Santa took in a convict named Pinball Lizard after conferring with his parole officer as director of his fun and games department. However, Pinball Lizard fell in with greedy Killerwatt, who used his powers to change Pinball into a lizard-like being. 
as well as mutating many of Santa's elves into trolls. Attempt to destroy Santa Claus by putting an insufficient amount of gas in his sleigh so he would crash, Pinball took over the workshop and forced elves who did not become trolls to construct mass-produced shoddy toys while Santa went out on his rounds. Killer Watt intended to take over Christmas in revenge against society for his mutation. Santa crashed in Cleveland, where he encountered Howard the Duck. Discovering that he was out of fuel, Santa realized that since gas rationing was in effect, he could not get enough to return to the Arctic. However, Howard, who worked at the To Hack and Back Taxi Company at the time, offered to let Claus use their pumps. Howard filled the tank, and he and the young Carol Starkowitz, the daughter of Claude Starkowitz, designer of the Iron Duck armor, went to the North Pole with Claus. Mrs. Claus told them of Pinball Lizard's rebellion, and Santa Howard Carol, the loyal elves, toys animated by elf magic, and a gun-toting elf named Sunquist, originally from Florida, drove off Pinball Lizard and his trolls, who escaped via dirigible. However, the nuclear power plant still threatened to melt down through the center of the Earth until it reached Antarctica, thus destroying the world. Pinball Lizard rendezvoused with Killer Watch, who dispatched mutated seals, polar bears, penguins, and whales against Howard the Duck and his compatriots, who were joined by Chief Ula Kuk of a local native tribe. Howard and Carol sidestepped the mutated animals to find Pinball Lizard, whom Howard speared in the tail. Sunquist shot Killer Watt in the head, and Killer Watt's injury undid his mutations, returning Pinball Lizard and the others to normal. Santa promised to shut down the nuclear power plant, swearing to convert the toy shop to solar power and to power a sleigh with organic fuels, as Sunquest had recommended all along. More recently, a criminal scam artist working as a mall Santa asked children where they lived so he could deliver their presents. He then appeared at their windows dressed as Santa, duping the children to letting him in, after which he would loot their houses. Spider-Man, or Peter Parker if you prefer, eventually encountered the thief who fled to the roof, where the real Santa Claus, angry at the misuse of his identity, scared the thief into giving up crime before Spider-Man had arrived. For a time, Santa used his knowledge of who was naughty and who was nice to become the world's greatest detective as Nick St. Christopher. In this role, he aided the She-Hulk, Jennifer Walters, in locating evidence for a murder investigation. Entranced by the She-Hulk, St. Christopher made a pass at her, but then Mrs. Claus arrived to corral him and punish She-Hulk by filling her office with reindeer droppings. Before departing, St. Christopher gave She-Hulk a present, telling her to use it on Christmas for something special. When she was later trapped in She-Hulk form, she opened the present, which allowed her to temporarily return to her human form to celebrate a normal Christmas evening with her father, Morris Walters. Another year, demoralized by mankind's lack of faith and belief, Santa sold his entire franchise to the terrorists of Hydra. Around the same time, Howard the Duck had been drafted by his partner, Beverly Switzer, to act as a mall Santa's helper at the Mondo Mega Mall, after the regular helper had been injured in an escalator accident. One of Santa's elves recruited a number of other Santa's helpers, including Howard the Duck, Vito Claus, Bubba Claus, Santa Clara, Claus Susung, Sanity Claus, and Willie Lumpkin Claus to prevent Hydra from ruining Christmas. Ultimately, Howard and the recently orphaned Dionysus Finster, who had latched on to Howard as the mall Santa and accompanied him to the North Pole, convincing the real deal to renege on his deal with Hydra. And the various Santa's helpers joined forces with the original and his elves to drive off the commando corps of Hydra's accountants. One Christmas, Santa aided the young mutant team Generation X against the youth-abducting Nanny and Orphan Maker. Another year, the doorman, Demar David, who had recently been drafted as the Avatar of Oblivion, encountered Santa and asked him for a Christmas miracle for his dad. Some toy he'd always longed for ever since he was a kid, something to teach him the true meaning of Christmas and help forge a bond between father and son. Unfortunately, as Christmas Eve was Santa's busiest time of the year, he didn't have the time to help out doorman. The later he was able to join Doorman and his teammates, the Great Lakes X-Men, on their Christmas celebration.
When Santa Claus disguised himself as a homeless man, he was captured alongside Captain Marvel by Grave Valentine and Toxie Doxy. They intend to use him as a guinea pig, not knowing he was Santa Claus. But Carol was able to break free, which prompted Santa to reveal himself and help Carol in defeating the two villainesses, who were then imprisoned by Project Pegasus. After not receiving presents, a group of kids hired Deadpool to kill Santa. Deadpool traveled to the North Pole and attempted to kill him, but was stopped when it turned out that an evil elf was preventing presents from being delivered. Deadpool killed the elf instead, and later returned home. In a parallel universe's Earth 42409, after finding out that his reindeer were Skrulls, Santa asked to borrow the Infinity Gauntlet from the Illuminati so that he could make his annual toy delivery on time. The Infinity Gauntlet made him go mad with power, and he had to be defeated by the supergroup to return him to sanity. Iron Man offered to loan him his robotic reindeer to help him deliver toys at that time. However, no matter the Earth, one thing is certain. Santa Claus will continue to be an enduring part of the holiday season, in the minds of children and adults alike. If you are on his nice list, and if you happen to be naughty, well, Santa knows where the Infinity Gauntlet is. There it is, the mighty Marvel version of old Saint Nick, Santa Claus. I hope you enjoyed that. I was quite interested to learn that Santa is a most powerful mutant on Earth, also wielded the Infinity Gauntlet. Uh, I, I did read uh, him helping She-Hulk. That was one of the early comics I had as a kid, which is one I really liked, actually, so it was really cool to see it featured. Um, you know, when I was going through the history of, of the Marvel Universe version of Santa Claus, so it was really nice to see it come up and uh, get the full story instead of just the distant memories I have. Even though recently I just got John Byrne's run on the She-Hulk, his entire run, I'm very excited to read it and, and read those that, that particular issue again. Might be a fun Christmas read if I can find some time during the holiday season. So thank you very much for tuning in, gentle listener. We will be back next week with one of our featured interview episodes. Unfortunately, I don't have that nailed down as to who the guest is yet, but I will let you guys know as soon as I do. In the meantime, I hope you have a wonderful holiday season, and I will catch you next week. <laughs>